This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. It is a joy and a privilege and an honor to do this. I can't believe it. I still can't. Uh, I think I've written like four different messages in, in the past week. Um, and then on top of it, Matt and Asia and the team just killed it. You know, isn't it? What a gift, right? Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Um, and if you have any complaints, I would love to hear them. So please uh, email them to david at livingbyfaith.com. Uh, just, I really hope he gets emails for that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I get to speak to you guys this morning about worship. Um, Pastor Gavin asked me to, to share about the practicality of day-to-day life, worship in the context of life. And there's such good news in that because that is worship, all of it. You know, we, we've put it into this context of music, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, we use music because music is something that actually gains access into our hearts, even when we don't want it to. Right? Have you ever sang a song that you're like, oh, I, don't, this, I shouldn't be listening to this, but it sounds good, so I'm singing it. Right? There's a, there's a way of access, and God is a God of science and art, right? Where the word meets worship, where creativity meets truth, right? So it's such a powerful thing to, um, to be a house of the word and to stand in that in the midst of whatever else you're going, going through. So, so this morning, I want to, you guys just look so good. smiling faces. Uh, This morning, I want to take some time to demystify worship. Not unspiritualize. Right? There's a difference. And what I mean by demystify is sometimes, if I ask you guys, what is worship? I'm pretty sure I would get, just in this room, I would get a hundred different answers. And that's not a bad thing, right? But worship is a spiritual act. And this is a spiritual time. I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure how many times you guys have heard, oh, I can't wait for this season to be over, you know, for, for us to change. And, you know, whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, tensions between people groups. Um, and I understand um, that desire. But this isn't a natural season that we're dealing with. Right? We're not waiting on a vaccine. <laughs> this is a spiritual opportunity to turn to God. Right? Surrender squad. That's us. We get an opportunity to hear the word of God and trust him and live in that place and be transformed. So what is worship? I mean, I could say a million different things. It's, it's giving back your breath to the one who breathed it first into you. 
right? There's, there's a Psalms, there's a Psalm 29, verse 2. Ascribe unto the Lord the glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. You know, worship is a very personal thing. So even though I want to give us practical things about what it is, I, I want us all to remember and, and allow it to be a personal thing. It's not about, oh, well, the person next to me is lifting their hands, so now I have to. Or it means I'm, I'm getting into it because I'm physically responding. But there is an importance of allowing your body to, and your soul to come under what the Spirit of God is doing. Right? So even if you don't have a reason to uh, feel joyful and you feel the joy of the Lord rise up, I encourage you, choose joy. Allow your body, allow your soul, allow your mind to partner with what God is doing because that's where transformation is. Right? So I want to get into who is a worshiper. Um, Psalm 102, verse 18 to 22. Um, So it's a a prophetic psalm. So it says right at the top, this will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven the Lord viewed the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. We're going to look at that word serve eventually. But, I mean, that's, that's fun, right? Because it's a prophecy. It's speaking prophetically for a generation to come. But then as we read more in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people. But here's why. That you may proclaim the praises of him. So why are you chosen? Why are you royal? Why are you a priesthood? Why are you special? Because you're made to worship. Right? It doesn't say in Psalm 150, let everyone that plays music praise the Lord. Not everyone who has a nice voice. Not, not everyone who had a good day. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's us. That's us. So I'm telling you, don't disqualify yourself. Because it, it is the very... Oh, I forgot to tell you my title. It's a familiar phrase. Born to win. The order of worship. I'm telling you, when you fall in to the order of worship, you fall into your purpose. You align with your purpose. (laughs) All right. So um, I was very excited. Keyword was um, to to teach this this morning when uh, when Pastor Gavin asked me, and then he proceeded to teach my life message. (laughs) And so I felt like I didn't have anything to say. (laughs) But what a gift that the leader of our house 
the pastor of our house is drawing us into a place. Not every house has this type of freedom. Not every house has this type of direction within worship. So I'm so thankful that he stole my message. Right? Because even if I say the same thing again, I mean, it just means we're unified. Right? So I want to jump in to Genesis 22 once again. And it says, so this is the first time in English that the word worship is used. You will see, so this is Abraham and Isaac, and you will see that Abraham said to his servants, he said to his son, that we're going to worship. You know how I know that wasn't the first time that that worship was even mentioned? Because they didn't ask what it was. Not only that, but Isaac knew well enough to know that sacrifice is involved. Right? So, um, so verse, verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Sounds familiar. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Even that word Moriah, that word has the same root as a word mora. Now that word means teaching. That word means instruction. So he's giving even in that, because he's saying of which I shall tell you. So he already isn't fully, he has to have faith to be able to have this act of worship. But in the midst of it, he knows God's going to teach me something. And he's teaching us all something from this moment. And it says Abraham rose early. Right? He didn't allow things to waver. Right? We, we know about other times when God said something and somebody laughed. Right? So it's not like details are being missed. He rose early and gathered up his stuff and took three days to travel. So he had plenty of time to think about it. His own son, whom he loves. And, and then verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. You know, Pastor Gavin read this verse last week, and my heart jumped. And that's why it's not just, yes, worship is important and there's grace, but there's an order to this. So I want to I wanna kind of speak about what that order is. How do we worship? Um, Psalm 100. Does anybody know it? What is it? <laughs> okay. You might need to teach this. Um, all right. So verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. You know, Craig was, was singing about, I want to go deeper. I want to get closer. And there's this invitation of this picture of the tabernacle. And 
worship. And so enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That word thanksgiving, it almost sounds like, I'll read it again. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. It almost feels like when you read it like that, like worship, then worship, then worship, then worship, which isn't a bad plan, right? Like you could probably get away with that. But there are insights into these words that I I want to show us the order of how he's taught us to lean into him, to worship him. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That word thanksgiving is toda. Toda. Or as I was taught in South Georgia, tauda. You know, we would just like, we would just get in there and he would be like, all right, everybody just lift your hands and we're just going to tauda in front of the Lord. And so I would just say tauda all the time. And then I like actually looked it up phonetically and it's toda. So all these years of me teaching this and now I know how to say it. So toda, I almost said tauda again. Um, Toda is in the Bible 33 times and it means a sacrifice of praise. How do you sacrifice with praise? Because you're not actually asked to be physically laid on an altar. Right? So how do you do that? Well, Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you, I beg you, my family, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. And Pastor Barry taught me this. Bodies, that, act, that word right there is actually flesh. Come on. Right? So you present your will as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. There's that word again, serve. Right? That, but that word service is actually, it's translated two different things. It's actually a noun, first of all. And second of all, it's either translated servant or worshiper. So this is your acceptable worship to God, to present your will as a living sacrifice. Now, how do you present your will as a living sacrifice? When you're going through your circumstances, whatever it is, whether it's a tough day, whether somebody treated you poorly, whether you're struggling with money, whether you feel lonely, whether you feel angry, you have an opportunity to choose thankfulness. To choose thanksgiving. So it's an opportunity to, even if you don't feel like it, it's an opportunity to say, God, you're good. You're good. And there is no limit to the amount of things you can thank God for. Great news. You can thank him for your breath. You can thank him for your clothes. You can thank him for these blue chairs. You can thank him for how funny I am. You know, like you can thank him for a lot of things. Right? There is no limit. And Pastor Gavin's like, are you funny? Uh, (laughs) See, there's proof right there. Um, So it's using your will to connect to the truth, regardless of circumstances or how you feel. It's praising when you don't feel like it so that you do feel like it. You know, you can feed just in the in the natural. You get hungry by not eating in the spirit. You get hungry by feeding yourself the very thing that you want to be hungry for. Right? So if you're hungry for more of God, lean into God. So sometimes we feel like, oh, well, I need to get into worship and I just, let me just soak and wait. And I get that. I've been that person. But 99% of the time, 
And I'm not here to bind you. I'm here to give you understanding so you can have your personal expression. But 99% of the time, we should come in and say, God is God, and I'm going to line up with who he is and what he's done for me. When I was dead in my trespasses, he came and saved me. That's enough. That's, that's a whole lifetime's worth of thankfulness and praise. Right? So this is how you prep your heart. You start with thanksgiving. No matter what you've been through, no matter what it feels like, you choose to say, God, I thank you. I give you my life. That's your sacrifice. Your sacrifice isn't getting up on an altar and, and messing with yourself. It's choosing his way. It's so much better his way. All right. And into his courts with praise. That word praise right there is Tehillah. T-E-Q-U-I-L. You guys didn't get it. <laughs> T-E-H. Rafa knows. Rafa knows. <laughs> so Tehillah. Tehillah um, means a spontaneous heart song of testimony. It's a heart song. It's remembering what God has done. And living from that place. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if you tap into what he's done, you're tapping into who he is. And you're tapping into who he's willing to be for you right now. And who he's willing to be for you forever. So if he saved you one day, he'll save you today. If, if he caught you when you fell last week, he'll catch you this week. Right? So we get to have, see, just like faith without works is dead. Worship without faith is dead. We have to acknowledge and know him that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we choose to seek him by understanding who he is and leaning into him. Right? All right. So be thankful to him. That word thankful is yada. It's in the Bible 115 times. And it's thanksgiving expressed with your hands. Right, this, this, this position is a position internationally known for surrender. Right, so whether you're clapping, whether you're lifting your hands, whether you're putting your hands out to receive, even the part of the posture is even wringing your hands. But it's filled with thankfulness. But here's the other thing that might not always be fun to hear as a faith group. Yada also means confess. So if you, if you look through the Psalms, there's a bunch of confessing that goes on, right? But it's, it comes, it doesn't come at the beginning. You thank God for who he is, and then you sing the testimony of what he's done, and then you come to this place of yada where you confess. See, Tehillah, it's the same verse that he enthrones himself on the praises of Israel. He enthrones himself on the Tehillah of Israel. So there is no distinguishing from the Tehillah praise of God and the presence of God. So when you're surrounded, when you're covered, and Tehillah is also a, a battle word, right? So I, I think I read it last week, Second Chronicles 20. Um, King Jehoshaphat, he said, we're, gonna, we're just going to praise and so he sent the worshipers out first. What they did was they tehillahed. They sang of what, who he is and what he's done. The testimony of God. And it, and it so confused the enemy that there were, there were three different armies. 
They all fought each other, and somehow none of them were left. Wow. How do you do that? <laughs> none of them won. Did like the last two guys just shoot each other at the same time, and they just they were done? <laughs> That's how they won. They didn't have to fight. Their battle was whether to worship or not. So in that place of being encompassed by the presence of God, the Tehillah praise of God, you confess. You are safe to say anything to him in that place because any lie can't, can't exist. You come to yourself. One of my spiritual fathers, um, Mark Linton, he told me, so when I first got saved, I got, I got obsessed with, okay, how do I follow God? So I would like, I would, I would meet with him endlessly. I would catch him in the hallways and just be like, hey, can I do this? Can I listen to this song? Can I, you know? Uh, and, and he gave me one of the most beautiful pieces of advice that I could ever dream of. And he said, hey, stop asking me, first of all. <laughs> and, and, then, and then second, he said, go into your closet and worship until the most real thing is God. And then ask him that question. When you Tehillah praise, you get encompassed by a presence that the only thing that will make sense is the truth. Right? So when you yada, when you confess, you actually, even if you say something that isn't the truth, you'll know it. Just like that. So you don't have to be afraid to say how you feel with your father. But there's a place to do it. If you start with that, you're gonna be, your, your mind is going to be set on that. But when you do it so and just overwhelmed by the presence, only the truth sticks. And be thankful to him and bless his name. Bless. That word bless is Barak. We're the Barak team. We're the surrender squad. 330 times this is in the Bible. And it means to kneel, to bless God as an act of adoration. To kneel while keeping our eyes fixed on the one we're blessing. Right? Many times when you, when you kneel, um, there's almost like a, let me put my head down. There is no putting your head down in this. But the other part of it is that when you bless, you don't, you don't bless to do this. Right? We, we talked about a few weeks ago, um, Proverbs 11.25, the generous soul will be made prosperous. Right, So that person isn't looking to be made prosperous. They're being generous. But you seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. A lot of times, see, we, we think that, you know, I, okay, I'll say the statement. Kingdom worship is always about God and always to God. But when we make it about God and to God, he makes it work for us. He doesn't need our worship. He's all sufficient in and of himself. Right? The son glorifies the father. The father glorifies the son. The, Jesus says it's better for me to leave so that you can have the spirit. And the spirit is, is convicting us of the righteousness of God that was all done by the work of Jesus. Right? So they're good. They're good. I promise you. So why would he call us to worship? Because it enables us to win. 
It renews our mind. Right? You receive the word and you live from that word. Right? Romans 12.2. Right? Well, Romans 12.1 was, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God. That whole thing. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Romans 12.2. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sometimes we don't, we don't associate that with worship. But that's literally the next line. <laughs> so worship changes you. All right. Uh, Barack is name. So, so when you, so how we started was Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter into his Gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. But when you when you read it with these words, enter into his gates with Toda, with a sacrifice with thanksgiving, right? That's good. And then his courts with Tehillah. With enter into his courts with this testimony of God, this heart song to God, this battle song to God trusting in who he is and then yada to him confess to him whatever is in your heart with thanksgiving right and then Barak his name kneel down submit to him and bless him with the expectation of good with the expectation of blessing right um Barak is also, so the first time Barak was ever done was not by man. The first time Barak was ever done was in Genesis 1. This God knelt and fixed his eyes upon and blessed and submitted to with the expectation of blessing to man. He blessed you and said, be fruitful and multiply. And said, have dominion and subdue the earth. So he's expecting something. He submitted to the authority that he's given you on this planet. We wonder why some things happen. (laughs) Guess who's in charge? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Well, I want to go back to Psalm 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. There's that word serve again. Isn't that interesting? But that word, once again, is the same word that can be translated worship, which if you look at that verse, clearly it makes more sense to say, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Right? There's an association between those two words. But if you also take Genesis 2.15... 
It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So who's the man? The man is Adam, right? And Adam, that word means man, but there's this word, Adama. That word means ground. Right? So God is speaking to him and saying, tend and keep this ground. But clearly, these two are rooted in the same, same thing. So he's, but these two words, first of all, tend is the same word abad that all these words we had serve, 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 serve. Same word. So it says basically worship. But also, 10 times that word is translated cultivate. And then that next word, tend and keep, keep, is the word shamar. It's translated as keep or observe, but it also can be translated as cultivate. So there's this connection between cultivating what God has put in your hands and cultivating what's within you. But Shamar also has this other translation to develop or draw out something's potential. See, there's a verse right before. I didn't, I didn't give it to Evangeline, but I think it's right before that verse where it talks about like, oh, well, there's these rivers here, there's, and here's where there's gold. Here's where there's onyx or whatever, all these different things. And, and it, to me, it honestly didn't make sense. I literally, like if I read it to you right now, you'll, you'll tune out. <laughs> like I tune out every single time I read that. But I'm like, all right, I got to grit it out. And I'm just like looking at letters. That's all I'm doing. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Then, then he, he tells him to tend and keep. But the thing about it is that there's this, there's this garden that he's called to tend and to keep. And we think of Adam as a gardener, right? He was put in a garden. He told him to tend and keep it. But this word develop and call out its potential, it's important to even think of the end of the book, right? I've heard this, this phrase they used to say in my, in my church a long time ago uh, when I was growing up. Um, I've read the end of the book, and we win. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know what else is in the end of that book? It talks about... It, well, it has this... Um, it has the picture of the garden. And this restoration of what, what Jesus has done. And Jesus bringing it back to the beginning. You see the tree of life. You see rivers. You, you see ruling and reigning. But it's interesting. Because Genesis 1 talks about a garden. Revelation 21 and 22 talks about a city. And pulling out the potential of what was in it. See, you're born to win. You're born to win. When 
You know, God in, in Genesis 12, 14, 15, 17, all these, he starts saying all these promises. And then we get to Genesis 22, and he says, Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. What was the difference between all those, the 12, 14, 15, 17, 18, and this? Worship. It was worship that took a man who, you know, God comes to him and says, I'll bless you. And he says, like, why would you bless me? I don't even have a kid. And he goes from, there's no point in you blessing me to being like, I will lay down this kid because of you. See, sometimes we have these questions like, Oh, how was worship? Right? I'm telling you, it's the wrong question. The question is, how was my worship? The question is, did I give him my heart? Did I trust him in who he is? Have I given him my life? Did I allow his word to be cultivated in my own heart, to draw out the the potential that he's put in, far beyond I could ask, think, or imagine? You were born to win. You were born to win. And worship is the way to win. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to pray for you guys. If... Who wants to grow in worship? All right, let's stand together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your heart. We thank you for your plans. We thank you, God, that your plans are far greater than what we could ask, think, or imagine. And God, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you, Lord, that worship is not just a, 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 a checkpoint on a service checklist. Worship is us ascribing unto you the glory that is due your name. So we thank you, Lord, that as a house, we just decide right now to be focused with lives of worship unto you, God. Jesus, you're so worthy. We thank you for what you've done. Holy Spirit, we embrace you. You're the one that guides us. It's not a formula. We take these things and we, we put them before you, God. And Father, we love you. <laughs> you're not asking us to give anything away that you haven't already given to us. You've already laid it down for us, God. So we thank you, God, for who who you are, and who we are. We thank you, Lord, that we are cultivators on this planet. 
We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to lift our hearts to you and never be the same. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise and we worship you, God. May you come in our midst and and touch us like never before, God. May your presence envelop us and even the lies that come up in our souls. May we be able to lift them to you and you, they just disintegrate in your presence, God. We thank you, Lord, that we are being renewed, that we are being transformed by your presence and by your word, God. So we take you at your word and we thank you, Lord, that every person here is called and born to win. In Jesus' name, amen.